0: Hi, this is Kathy Roo, your own personal liberal Sherpa, here to guide you through, um, or help her navigate you through, the sometimes treacherous, but always bold, adventurous, dynamic world of society and culture today. Progressive society, liberal society, society. From the proper pronoun to the correct way to ask your baby whether you can change Z's, she's, hers, his, diapers... Never fear your liberal Sherpa. Kathy Rue is here to show you the way. Hi, uh, welcome to the Liberal Sherpa podcast. Um, Okay, my sleepy meter for today. So super sleepy. I think I slept a max two hours last night because I'm really thrown off um, by uh, doing a late, late hit on um, Fox the other night and it just, it throws me off for a, at least a couple days, and I'm going to be on um, Fox and Friends first, so that's going to throw me off with sleep. So, yeah, this is a really bad sleep week for me. But um, I'm kind of excited about uh, today's podcast because I get to talk to Ruben Navarrete, who is one of like the most popular um, syndicated columnists we have in the country right now. He's a He's been a reporter for 30 years Um, He's covered everything. And I thought he was a Republican uh, journalist, reporter, commentator. But um, it's not exactly that way, Um, he kind of told me, when he uh, wrote an article for Catalina Magazine. So today, instead of talking about a topic I've done on, um, on Fox... I actually want to talk to Ruben Navarrete about what he thinks is going on in um, politics today, in journalism. Like, what is fake media? What what what's happening to our media? Uh, Who do we trust? And uh, I kind of trust him because he's been at it for a while. So I'm going to get him on the phone and uh, let's see what um, one of the most famous journalist in a country has to say okay let me get him okay chicos listo? you ready yeah okay bien you're great you're awesome my God. like i
1: said to you i said once once my mind gets going too fast i have to translate no dude that's
0: like so. no it's cute no it's adorable because <laughs> no dude we're in the era of bad bunny we're, we're like uh we're, we're we we can mix it up. We can spanglish my it up.
1: My wife's Mexican from Mexico, so she thinks in Spanish. I think in English.
0: Oh, that's so, so that's so cute. I translate
1: it fast.
0: No, I don't like. Sometimes I don't know what the hell I'm thinking in. You know, like it's. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I studied Dutch and French, mm-hmm. and sometimes like I, it's like where the heck did that word come from? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's not good for the brain. Okay, really fast. Then I'll just bug you for ten minutes. Right, sure. You ready? Yep. Okay, so I have the honor to be talking to the Ruben Navarrete because I have to say Navarrete. But what do other people do? They do you always say Navarete or Navarrete? Yeah. Yeah. That's so when you when you when you're going on TV, I know all these people know you from. Um, being on like every yeah. you've been on every station, right? You've been on. I've been on a
1: lot of stations. They ask me how do you pronounce your name, and I say four syllables: Nava
0: Do you really? You keep it. You keep yeah. it real. You go Nava. I
1: don't say that, then they'll they'll say Debarret or something else. That's fine. I, you
0: know. Oh yeah, you you go with it. it. You go with it. Yeah. That's funny because I um I'm technically Areu, but uh I just say Aru like kangaroo, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I let it go. I figure yeah. there's right. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but I, you know, I'm not of your stature. I'm not of your, of your fame. So,
1: um, I'm not of my stature either. Oh.
0: <laughs> so what, uh, we, what would you say you've been on, um, oh, CNN, everywhere, CNN, Fox. I mean, we've seen you on every, every channel, haven't we? Yeah. The, you've been writing for 30 years. So
1: um, about, about 30 years ago, I got a chance to write. I was in college and I was, uh, in my senior year. Maybe my junior year, and I got a chance. I ran across a writer, cross paths with a writer. I got a chance to write uh, an op-ed piece in the L.A. Times, the Los Angeles Times. I was 21.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And it just sort of hooked me. The idea that you could write something, and it would send you a check, and then you could cash the check and go buy pizza, I just thought was the coolest thing in the world. And so I did that when I was 21. I've been doing it for 30 years, worked for three newspapers in three different states uh, along the way.
0: That's amazing.
1: I was... I got a chance to host a radio show in Los Angeles for KBC with my co-host, Tavis Smiley, who's since gone on to big things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of familiar name, yeah.
1: There, they wrote me into television, and I, I've i done CNN, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, PBS, various things on television over the years.
0: And I know you're just, you're absolutely going to kill me. I'm going to, of course, I want to ask you about your uh, AOC article that I, that I loved, what you wrote. But you're just going to kill me, but I... I always saw you as, you were described as the Republican uh, journalist. I I could have sworn that you were like the Republican strategist, but you're telling me. No, no, that that's not, you didn't go by that.
1: No. That I'm wrong. I didn't. So it's funny. I mean, there are parts of my three, at least three parts of my character that are conservative, not Republican, but conservative. Okay. And one is I'm, I'm Mexican American and we are much more conservative than people realize. Uh, okay. And that's true. That's true of Latinos in general. Puerto Ricans of, you know, Cubans of Miami. Not just not just politically conservative, but socially conservative, right? Yeah. And the second one is I come from farm country in the San Joaquin Valley in Central California, and not from the city. So coming off a farm, you're conservative. And then I was, a member of Generation X, who coming off of uh, the baby boomers, who were mostly liberal, and you know would look for big government solutions. Generation X didn't really trust government, and so we we're much more conservative. But I also have liberal tendencies because. You know, I wanted to, to go to law school and become a civil rights lawyer, civil liberties. I distrust big government. You know, I'm pro same-sex marriage and pro-choice on abortion. I have plenty of uh, quote liberal positions, and so yeah, I just don't like either party. I, I hate both political parties equally at this point. Wow, I can't tell them apart most of the, most of the time. It, it's very challenging.
0: So, so was it wrong then? So you were never, you were never the Republican strategy. So I, I never was. Now, no. I,
1: I have voted. That, I mean, I have voted for Republicans in the past, but I've also voted for Democrats. Yeah, okay, so and it was
0: just wrong I like for me going to...
1: Down my ballot, yeah. I like going down my ballot and saying, Governor, okay, Republican. Lieutenant Governor, Democrat.
0: That's Attorney fine. General,
1: Republican. So-and-so, Treasurer, Democrat.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Just back and forth, back and forth. It was only in... in I lived in Texas for five years when I wrote the Dallas Morning News. Yeah. And, Kathy, they had something where you vote a straight ticket. You show up to vote. Here's Kathy's going to vote. Yeah. On the top, you check one little box and it says they will vote you all the democrats or all the republicans right yeah and that's crazy the parties love it but i think that's crazy <laughs> so i'm a cafeteria voter i vote this person and that person and this person i don't choose parties i choose people
0: is that a term a cafeteria voter
1: i'm a cafeteria voter like a, like it's a, like a cafeteria catholic you know
0: oh my a cafeteria catholic cafe? like.
1: i don't i don't like this i don't like that so i, I no there's some republicans i hate i hate them Wait, there's some Democrats I hate. Did you I come up them. wait, did you come up with that? No, I mean, I, I, I'm a Catholic I, I, I came up with the idea of a cafeteria voter, but the phrase that we're familiar with is cafeteria Catholic, right? I
0: wasn't familiar. I didn't know I could be a cafeteria Catholic. Yeah, oh. yeah, which
1: means wait, I'm a I, Catholic. I want, I want to get into I go, that. Mira, I go take communion. I'm a, I'm a Catholic. I, I can't I don't want change to be anything else but a Catholic. Right. Okay. okay. But I was divorced once. The church frowns on that. Oh, I, when oh. I was in college, I, you know, uh, did things I wasn't supposed to do according to the church.
0: Oh.
1: Uh, I, I condoned same-sex marriage against the church. Oh. I don't let the church call the shots for me, right? Right. I'm a Catholic, but I, I pick and choose the parts of the dogma I want to follow.
0: Nice. I was not, not aware. not nice
1: according to the church. No. They say you can't do that. Oh. But there's millions of us
0: who do it. Well, so. yeah, I was raised Catholic. I didn't realize, like, we could... Uh, we could do like there was a term. I'm, I'm, I'm excited.
1: I mean, the priest can always go to the front and say, "Listen, before I pass the plate, I want if you have been divorced, you may leave. Oh. If you ever use pre, if you ever had premarital sex, you may leave. And if you ever use birth control, you may leave. Oh, and they can say if you support same-sex marriage or uh, yeah. a woman's right to have an abortion, you may leave. Oh, after he's all done, there'll be like three people left in the church and no money in the plate. <laughs>
0: Wow. So I guess that's why I've, I've never heard a uh, priest actually say that.
1: <laughs> right. Right, so no. right. That's what I do. But I, to your point about being Republican, I Democrats call me Republican and, de- and let's see, the Republicans call me a Democrat. I can't tell the two parties apart. I'm I'm neither.
0: Oh, my gosh. That, yeah, because you're a cafeteria voter. That's yeah. So-
1: and they're very similar. I mean, Kathy, you, might, you pay attention to politics. So, you know, you know, this, too. I guess since you'll hear the Democrats saying one thing on Monday on Friday. They're saying the opposite. Yeah. And on Monday, the Republicans are saying one thing, and now and the impeachment is a perfect example. The Republicans, all of a sudden, Taffy, <laughs> the, the Republicans are talking about due process, the presumption of innocence, you know, the right to see evidence, you know, uh, innocent till proven guilty. Yeah. And I thought, man, when did the Republican Party become the ACLU?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: When did they, all of a sudden, the hang 'em high Party, that's always been tough on crime, when all of a sudden did they start worrying about the poor defendant? I know when the president, a Republican, became the defendant.
0: Oh my gosh! It's I, it's like no wonder I've never debated you on air because, uh, um, you you can't be classified. There's no box for you.
1: I can't you... be classified. Although although your friend Tucker Carlson, I I've known Tucker for about oh gee whiz about, uh, fifteen years. Yeah. At least maybe twenty years, and he had me on his show, and he, I said Tucker, long longtime. Long-time friend, first-time guest, and we laughed about it. Okay. But then he proceeded to call me a racist like five times in four minutes, and I was like, <laughs> I, what the hell?
0: <laughs> Did he really?
1: You know, I, said, I thought I said, Tucker, you must be the liberal because my understanding is liberals are the ones who throw that word around. Oh, my.
0: I didn't you know, know you were a racist. I was unaware. Now,
1: apparently so, because I said that, I remember what got it mad. I said that given that all the mass shootings in America yeah. have been done by white males. Yeah, yeah. Who have access to high-powered rifles. Yeah. I said that law enforcement and the FBI should keep a special file on them and profile white males who buy high-powered rifles.
0: Yeah, they don't.
1: And that's what I got. I got a lot of response from people like you, particularly like women of color and others who said, are you kidding me? I thought that was happening already. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, (laughs) wait a minute. They they (laughs) don't? the answer
1: is it's not happening. Oh. And when I said it should happen... Tucker got really upset and said that was racist
0: well maybe he didn't want to have eyes on him you know being a it
1: got crazy I mean I thought I just told him I said I mean here you are playing the victim and calling people racist are you sure you know you're not back on MSNBC maybe you're the liberal
0: oh oh my and um I guess you guys went out after that and had a great time on the town yeah right paying the town red after that one that's uh, no, but
1: I, I'm essentially the same person I was 30 years ago. Some people have changed, but I haven't.
0: No, so that's uh yes, that's crazy. I really thought you, I, I did. I thought you were the Republican, um, nah. Republican Latino writer, and uh, but I, I was never like you know, like you say, you you're a journalist down to the core. You're, right. you're you know the AP style. I, you know, I've always you have to it's, choose
1: right. You're, you're not supposed to reveal it.
0: It's no not, no I, we,
1: have, we really turned a corner there now nowadays the journalists feel like they've got to choose teams are you a democrat journalist are you a republican journalist and i'm i'm neither. i'm just a journalist
0: yeah I, I i um you know well i run catalina and that's a that's nonpartisan. so when people get it in the mail uh, or when people read catalina they're they're looking for you know the liberal the liberal sherpa they're looking for that liberal angle but there isn't one it's uh just people it's a story you know it's uh it's the it's the you know the struggle's real it's life it's what we're all going through so it's uh it's uh that's it's true it's a lifestyle magazine it's 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 how how we're making it how we're all making it uh and that's uh, true
1: and there's a market for that I, I think there's a market for that people get tired of the mudslinging and they want to see that common ground yeah you know where there, there's that video that went viral on i saw it on lnfc and elsewhere on on facebook and elsewhere But it's of the two little boys, one's African-American and one's a little white kid and they're three years old and they run and hug each other. Yeah. And it's gotten millions upon millions of views. And when people comment on that, they say, you know, we are so divided right now. Yeah. We're so much at each other's throats that America is hungry. You know, if it's in a magazine like Catalina or where else, where you could just say,
0: yeah,
1: uh, look, instead of dwelling for a half hour on how we're different let's talk about the common human experience, you know, what we have in common.
0: Yeah, and I, I i'm like so well, i think um i think i'm the liberal and uh, they call, you know, tucker loves to call me i'm the liberal Sharpa because um they they some of the guys, some of the navy seals that are, you know that are in the green room and stuff, they they call me like the hippy dippy chick. Uh, you know, peace and love, peace and love. And that's become, you know, the liberal way. Yes. But it, it's uh but i do kind of run catalina with a lot of peace and love. I, I wrote for the Washington Post for 12 years, and I interviewed uh, – I got in trouble. I interviewed more Republicans than um, Democrats, and it was just because the Republicans were more easily accessible. You know, I'm on deadline. I got an interview, and, um, right. yeah, you know, the one to call me back the quickest turned out to be the Republican most of the time. Uh, not on purpose. You know, it's just humans, and um, it just uh, by accident. I didn't mean to, but I got in trouble with my editor. Uh, so I had to make an effort to do more Democrats. So it's funny being the liberal, uh, but I did get in trouble at a time because I was focusing on humans as opposed to labels. Uh, Yeah, I think
1: for people like, you know, Becky, you're talking about the green room. Yeah. I think whenever I'm with a hardcore ideological Democrat or a hardcore ideological Republican, you know, if you talk to them long enough, their argument begins to come unraveled in the current day because um, you can't be like that right down the line in this current environment, because if you're a, let's say you're a hardcore conservative Republican, my, my, my response is, okay, what kind of Republican are you? Are you a Republican? Are you a William F. Buckley Republican who doesn't like tariffs or are you a a Donald Trump Republican who likes tariffs?
0: Right. Right. Are you
1: a, what kind of Republican are you? Are you your Navy SEAL? Right. Okay. So you, it's the world's dangerous place, right? Yeah. Do you think we should have a presence in Syria? Oh yeah, definitely. So, would you vote for, for president, Donald Trump? Okay, so Donald Trump who pulled us out of Syria. Is that is that how I'm getting here? Okay. So people here's the thing, Kathy. People believe very strongly in what they believe in on the right and on the left. Yeah. They don't like being forced to think about why they believe that. And whether they're hardcore pro choice, pro abortion, or anti abortion or whatever, they they just don't have an interest in in breaking down why they think this and you end up with a lot of farmers who voted for trump even though his policies on immigration and trade are putting them out of business
0: yeah um I, I yeah i talked about that on one of the one of the shows you know um that but they you know then then of course the other side was saying well at least they're getting help from the government so um there was that argument
1: well and, yeah they're getting help from the government but think about yeah think about where the help goes right so you have Yep. farming,
0: But they don't want know, the help. The The farmers yeah, the don't East want Coast, the help, yeah, right?
1: The East Coast farmers are represented in Washington, including the South. You have the Midwest farmers who are the grain and corn far, uh, folks in Iowa and Nebraska. But I'm out here in California. so we're with the fruit and vegetable farmers, right? Yeah. The money, when the money goes out, the $12 billion or whatever into the farmers, it goes to those politically connected farmers in Iowa and New Hampshire where they have primaries, right?
0: Oh. So
1: in that regard, my farmer friends in California who... So vote for Trump. They're not getting any of that aid. It doesn't make its way out to California.
0: Oh, they see. grow
1: the wrong crops for that. I mean, you know, you got to understand how farming works and how the money works. But my point is, it's, it's always been this case, right? I mean, it's not just the right who does it. Latinos voted overwhelmingly for Obama. He deported about a million and a half Latinos after the first four years, another million and a half in the second four years. Yeah. So Latinos at the midway point said, ah. He broke his promise on immigration reform. He's deported uh, 1.5 million people. Most of them are Latino. He separated all these families. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm going to vote for him again. I'm <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with you people? I mean, you, how many times did you get hit, kicked in the head by the donkey? You know, until you get smart, right? So... Democrats are full of crap, and Republicans are full of crap, and
0: that's the way it goes. Wait, and then your job is to write about it.
1: Point out the crap. Yeah. My job is to point out the crap. That's why nobody likes me, because I like nobody
0: you. likes to be told they're full of crap. I, I like you. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, your articles are so fun, because I don't know what you're going to say. You're just, I well, don't, uh, yeah, I don't know what you're going to say. Um, and all, so, I loved, so, I, so the inspirational issue, Catalina, came out. And uh, I'm—it's nonpartisan—and I wanted—I wanted one of those articles, one of your articles that just makes you think. You know, it just um, makes you think, and uh, but not—you know—not pulling out the tariffs and all that stuff. And you gave this perspective of AOC that I actually hadn't even thought of. And I dug up one of my articles uh, with the first Latina of Congress, who was a Republican. Ileana ross from a Cuban from uh, Miami. And she was telling me when I interviewed her, when I was with the Washington Post, that when she started her first uh, few months, the cameras were all on her. And she said, nobody else. It was the Latina, the first Latina in D.C., uh, in Congress. And right. she said, I was so afraid to make a mistake or trip because I represented all of the Latinas in the United States. And how you know it, the pressure was on me, but nobody else. Like, why could they point the cameras at anyone else? And then you came along and wrote that about AOC, right? And and it, it and I didn't think about it, and I, I was so ashamed of myself because, um, I've criticized her for not saying the right thing, you know, and uh and and then you made me think, it, you, you basically said, why are we why are we all you know, I, what, what what is it exactly? I can't even put it in words correctly. What, how do you, How would you say it? How would you sum it up? Like, why are well, we all... Well, yeah. I
1: think, I mean, what I said was, if you really take a look at where her story started, right? Yeah. She's a waitress and a bartender from the Bronx who decides to... She decides that Joe Crowley, who is uh, part of the Democratic leadership and represents that area is an old Irish Democrat who's representing a mostly now Hispanic district, mostly African-American and Hispanic district in the Bronx. And he never comes around, and people's lives haven't gotten any better. And the only reason people don't run against him is because they're Democrats, and he's a Democrat, and it's heresy to run against somebody in your own party. So she decides, you know what, I'm going to run against him. And she works hard. She sends out these videos that she puts together on her own. I'm looking at the videos way out here, 3,000 miles away. I really like the way she you know, presented herself as this working-class person just running against the odds. And all the smarty-pants people, all the people who went to Harvard with me,
0: <laughs> Yeah, saying, you. I was about to say you no smarty There's no way pants.
1: this woman's going to win, yeah. right?
0: Yeah.
1: There's no way. No. I mean, she's outspent 20 to 1. Yeah. Uh, there's no way she's going to win against this incumbent. Well, she beats him. Yeah. And then then all heck breaks loose because the, the Democratic leadership uh, – who like Nancy Pelosi and others who were friends, uh, St- Hoyer and others who were friends with Joe Crowley, they then become their, their hurt that their friend was taken out. So they attacked AOC. Right. And Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi says some of the really dumb things like, you know, on an interview in 60 minutes, she says, well, you know, this glass of water right here could have gotten elected as a Democrat. You just put a D next to it. Right. Uh, anybody could have gotten elected in AOC spot. That's just, you don't say that, right. You don't need to say that It's rude. And the fact is, you know, you got to give her props. She won in the districts. Then she goes forward without any support from the hierarchy. And she beats the Republican and she becomes a member of Congress.
0: Right. Which and no I, one so thought. I think she has a lot happened. of guts.
1: And I, I tend to look at her favorably. I, I, you know, she strikes me well. It's saying Spanish, uh, because I don't have to agree with her. She's a socialist. I'm not. She agreed. She she has some really far left positions I don't agree with. Right. But I really admire her character, her gumption, her guts, and the fact that she does not need people's approval to keep pressing ahead.
0: That's what I thought was so amazing that you um, that you don't you don't necessarily agree with her, no. but you basically said she's new. She's new, the cameras are all on her, and she she may change and give her a chance to learn just like everybody else that's new.
1: Right. Like, and here's my question for, here's my question for the, the Navy SEALs who say they're Republicans and are waiting in the green room.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Here's my question for them. Uh,
0: yeah, I see them a lot. If
1: you voted, and if the question, if the topic becomes AOC. Yeah. And if you think, you, if you make fun of her because she used to be a bartender and she's now a lawyer. Yeah. And you think that, you know, people in bartending, there was, you know, let's send her back to bartending. She doesn't belong here in the, in the Congress. My question to you is, how do you square that with the fact that you voted for a president who made his whole appeal about running against the elites. Yeah. When Donald Trump went to Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, to his credit, he beat Hillary in those places. Yeah. She didn't visit those places. He did, and he won those places. But when he went to those places, he ran against the coastal elites, the people who look down on people. So let me get this straight, Navy SEAL, in the green room at Fox. You're a Republican because you don't like it when the Democrats look down on you. So your response is then to look down on AOC?
0: Huh? You're you're not very Republican. You're not sounding very Republican at all. Right. I
1: just like making people
0: uncomfortable. Yeah, Ruben Avarete, you're 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 scaring me with your um with your wisdom as a journalist. <laughs> so it's so so. How many articles are you putting out a week?
1: So I have a contract with the Washington Post Writers Group. There's 20 of us. I put out two columns a week for them, but I also this week, I'll be writing a piece for the Daily Beast. For instance, I write for USA Today. I write for a magazine in Chicago called Hispanic Executive. Where I do profiles of, of interesting, successful Latinos uh, in business mostly. And so, you know, typically I'm writing about uh, three to five pieces a week.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, I I, I get to um, the, the benefit of um, getting your writing in my publication as well. So... Your, your, That's your, your mind gets to be shared amongst my readers. So um, that AOC article just blew my mind. Um, the, the, no, because I really, I really always thought you were the um, – you know, maybe I just uh, confused you with another very handsome Republican strategist well, on you, the news. I'll tell you exactly where that comes from. The idea okay.
1: that I'm a Republican because
0: – Okay, so you've heard it before then.
1: Oh, absolutely, because I love beating the hell out of Democrats. Oh, so when I said in a speech like in Oklahoma, I was giving a talk in Tulsa and I said uh, to a mixed audience, well, you had Barack Obama come in. He was elected president in a with a a dimension of racism in our country where something like a a quarter of the country thought he was born in Kenya when on the day he was inaugurated. Yeah, he felt he had to make points with the white people. So the way he made points with the white people was by deporting all the brown people. Because we as Latinos, we have we have accomplished the impossible. We have brought together whites and blacks. Oh,
0: my gosh. Like oh, my gosh. And the
1: nice black ladies in the back of the room got up and walked out.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: When you do that enough times, you become known as the Republican.
0: That that must be it then.
1: Yes. That must and when be them, it. next week when you criticize Donald Trump, then people get up, walk out, they say you're a Democrat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you? Do you criticize?
1: I did. I was speaking at the Republican, at the, at the Lincoln Club of Orange County with Republicans, and I said, guys, guys it is undeniable and it is un- inexcusable that the Republican Party panders to racists in shaping an immigration policy that panders to racism and racists, uh, and that's what drives your, your your issue, and a nice white lady got up and walked out, oh. because people don't like to hear the truth, not on the right, not on the left, I don't know how anybody can argue if you've been paying attention for the last thirty years that the Republican Party hasn't, time and again, pandered to racist.
0: Um,
1: but Republicans don't see that.
0: But so, so uh, face of journalism. Now you're a journalist. You are a full time journalist. So this I is am. this is my my final thing for you because w- one of the biggest questions I've gotten that uh, when I when I go out when I visit universities and things like that that I never had before. Uh, Is the future pe- of
1: journalism?
0: People are asking. No, they're asking. What? How can I tell the difference between fake news fake and news. real news? People don't. Right. They, they they actually say, "What's what's the difference? How do I know when I put on CNN, I see one thing? When I put on Fox, I see another? So yeah. how how are we supposed to know which one to I think, trust?
1: I think any. I, think, I understand a lot of Republicans out there. A lot of conservatives on Fox News and on talk radio, they love the phrase fake news because Donald Trump's done a great job of co-opting that phrase. But they need to take that phrase and stick it in their ear because the whole reason we have the phrase fake news is because it was delivered into the public lexicon by Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, if you look this up, in 2016, just Google it, in 2016, during that election with Trump versus Clinton, Hillary Clinton was angry at the media for focusing too much on her emails. And she said that the stories about her emails were fake news. Okay? Oh, oh. and Trump loved the phrase; he co-opted it, he stole it, he made it his own.
0: He owns but it. My, yeah,
1: yeah, he owns it now. My question is this: If in fact you think that there's something to this idea of fake news, was Hillary wrong to use it? Then was Hillary right that looking at her emails is fake news? What you come to eventually is that fake news is what politicians reach for as a phrase. When there's something going on that they don't want you to know about, some story that makes them look bad is fake news. Hillary thought the emails story was fake news. Uh, Trump thinks the impeachment story is fake news. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, they've reached for that as a crutch. Politicians use that phrase. Both parties use it. Uh, I don't. I don't think that we need to take it lightly. Uh, as journalists, it, we have broken uh, so many rules out in the Trump era. We've made so many mistakes. You know, we've shot ourselves in both feet. Uh, we need to do a better job of cleaning up our act. Uh, we've been in the re- the arena. We're making mistakes. We're, we're showing our biases. We've forgotten our rules. Uh, it's not enough to publish a, an op-ed anonymously by an anonymous person. Yeah. Now we're publishing a book by said anonymous person. Yeah. These things were never done before. No. I was trained as a journalist. I, they gave me a rule book. A P
0: style manual they, is my They said rule here's book.
1: the rule book. Yep. If you're gonna quote them if you're gonna write a story about the mayor of this town, you need to have two sources on the record. Now I read stories about Trump. They don't have two stories. Two sources are not on the record. One's anonymous. Uh, both are anonymous. And I think to myself, what the hell happened? That all the rules that we were taught went right out the window.
0: Yeah, and you're um and you definitely are a critic. You're not afraid to criticize uh CNN you're not afraid to criticize I,
1: I criticize all of them including uh at times I've had to criticize my own employer the Washington Post yeah uh, when they do something they shouldn't or CNN when I worked there I was a contributor there and I would criticize them and uh, people you know test they tend not to like it but um you know if you just google my name you'll see that I've gotten a lot of heat from other journalists who just think that at a time when the president is calling the media the enemy of the people yeah uh, we inside the tent should not be shooting in the tent. And we should not, as journalists, be criticizing your fellow journalists at a time like this. But I don't believe that. I think the reason we're open to such criticism is because we're not willing to admit the mistakes we make.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I was uh, at the Washington Post. I started, um, I, I was writing first national paper with um Chicago Tribune uh i same same like you i started with my college paper um no you actually started with the los angeles times they gave you your first big break my college paper gave me my first big break i was on a staff writer so i got um 15 bucks an article um but boy i worked those late hours and got three sources minimum per story um and uh yeah and and right putting five articles out a week so I was able to go, you know, go shopping. I, I went to the Gap. I mean, you know, I was Good. really excited that I could make a living writing. Uh, for me, yeah. a living was buying Gap clothing. Um, you was, know, food great, shelter great, was irrelevant.
1: It's great job! It's great job!
0: Yeah, no, great gig. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I've I've broken rules because I I have gone um, I I have gone with my views, but uh, l- like you, sometimes people are surprised because I do I do break some of the rules. I will criticize Obama for his last week of taking away the the Cuban policy that we had in so many years, you know, that, right. that that's true. Took away, yeah. The, the, the dry foot, wet foot policy that last week of his presidency, he took it away from the Cubans. Right. So yeah. So I, have I've criticized Obama. I've break I've I've broken some rules. I've gone op-ed, but those are definitely it's op-ed and I, and I wish we could actually wear a warning label when we go op-ed, you know, when we, when we do, when we do go rogue like that and make those uh, criticisms, uh, maybe we could wear a pin, I guess, when we go on TV, like, um, or a light. We could wear a light, like op-ed coming, and uh, and then right. yeah, to differentiate. This is all facts. Yeah. This is op-ed. I'm going a little bit opinion over here, but now going straight to my sources and facts on this one. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to see where journalism's gonna go. You think we're you think we're gonna get um, sloppier? You think things are gonna straighten up?
1: I think we're gonna we're gonna get sloppier. You know, I think when. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I was I was I've just I've been fortunate enough to judge the pollsters four times at Columbia, and and each time I go, they allow us the the option of meeting with the, you know journalism students, current journalism students, and then one time recently we were there, and I was struck. We were all struck. As the journalists who were there uh, with the journalism students saying very outright, you know, here's, here are people who've gone to fine colleges, now they're in graduate school, they're studying at the Columbia School of Journalism, right? Yeah. And their first, they haven't gotten their first cl- uh, journalism job, but they helped one day to work at CNN or ABC or whatever. And they say that they think that the old way of doing journalism is antiquated, no longer useful, and that's where the reporters have to keep the opinions to themselves. They say in the era of, of Twitter and Facebook where everybody has a platform, everybody has a soapbox, Yeah. that if you're a reporter and you're interviewing you know, the mayor and the mayor says something, you should be free as a reporter to say, you know what, mayor, that's not true. That's a lie. And then end up in a debate and an argument with the mayor, which is against the rules. We're not supposed to do that. Right. And, and I, I was struck. I, my mouth fell up. I'm thinking, this is really interesting that in this day and age, 20-year-olds who are in graduate school, who are the journalists of tomorrow, uh, instead of going back to the old ways, have thrown out the old ways, embraced the new way, and think now that the new normal is you're allowed to have opinions, you should have opinions.
0: Yeah, no, that was the whole point. Uh, Journalism 101, you don't put yourself in the story.
1: You don't put yourself in the story. If you want to have an opinion, you know, you apply for Rubin's job, that's fine, I'm a columnist, I get to have an opinion. But if you're a reporter, you know, you got a little badge that says reporter, you're not allowed to have opinions. You go in there and just tell me the story: who, what, where, why. Okay, that's it.
0: Yeah, but yeah.
1: They don't want to. But again, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur. What do I know? The kids today at Columbia—they're all like, oh yeah, but I've <laughs> got a blog, and you got a blog, and everybody's got a blog, and everybody—you know—and everybody wants to be the person with the opinion, and that's the problem because you're going to get in a lot of trouble and make a mess of things and confuse the reader and the listener even more. Yeah, viewer even more. so They already are confused. Uh, if you don't keep all these things separate.
0: Yeah, yeah, the way I was taught journalism, you present the facts and then let the reader, uh, viewer, uh, take those facts and do with them as they will, what they will, what they want, you know, interpret. We just feed it. We just give the information as we gathered, as factually as possible.
1: Okay, so... uh, That's over with. Now now if you're on Good Morning America or, or wherever, and they come back to the anchors... After doing a segment, yeah, and they go to the anchors, and the anchor will put in their own two cents, their own little opinion, yeah. And I'm thinking, what? I mean, why, why is that necessary? Right? You're the anchor,
0: right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's ha- yeah. That's that. That has happened. Yeah. Even my own segments, I've thought like, okay, it's over, and um, no, it keeps going. But yeah, I, I don't think to
1: have people that, again. That we're all confused about it. If you do an evening show at Fox or CNN or MSNBC, if you're Rachel Maddow or you're Tucker Carlson or you're Anderson Cooper, more power to you. If you have an evening show, you you are an opinion television host. That's fine. You're allowed to have an opinion. I'm talking about the person who's working day side, the morning show, the 10 a.m., the noon show, the whatever. If you're an anchor on a news program, you're not supposed to be like those other people. You're supposed to keep your opinions to yourself. What I'm telling you now is that everybody's expressing their opinions. And the new generation coming up in Columbia say, yeah, us, too. We have opinions, too.
0: Yeah. I don't know. There's something special in uh you know those those 12 years that I that I wrote at the Washington Post and then I at the Chicago Tribune before that. There's something special about learning just straight journalism and then uh working your way to be able to to give those opinions, you know, working toward that. It's uh I I I don't know, learning the craft first and then if you want to go to the the TV shows and give the opinions, then we go. But um so what what are you doing next? Uh, are you writing a book now? Are you writing another book?
1: I'd like to write another book, but I, I'll tell you, I have realized that when I wrote my first book, yeah. it, was, I was, uh, it was before I got married and before kids, and time was different, right?
0: Oh, yeah, so I you don't have time. your own time anymore. Forget it. I
1: don't have time. Yeah, but time. aside from that, yeah, the other thing that was uh, uh, very different is that during that year, it was during uh, Bill Clinton's presidential run in 92, and I had to unplug, I had to unplug, I turn off the T V. Oh. And I would spend I, I wrote my book in one year, right? Yeah. And I, and I was writing a lot and I I I missed the entire campaign in that regard. So for me the biggest sacrifice of writing a book, and I've had offers over the years, the biggest sacrifice is I know I have to unplug again.
0: Oh, we and can't, we can't I, lose you.
1: That's hard. It's really hard. I'm I'm addicted to this garbage. Yeah, this, you know,
0: garbage. <laughs> this garbage. This garbage like called life. Yeah.
1: You put L- Kathy and Ruben on a cruise ship where there's no newspapers, no TV, no radio for two weeks. We'll kill each other.
0: Yeah, no, we'll kill each other. We'll kill <laughs> so, so,
1: bananas. Like, you know,
0: what, what, what did I miss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, definitely keep the butter knives away from us. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we uh, so uh, so to find you besides uh, of course Catalina magazine. Where do we find yes. you on Twitter? So we can um. You can find
1: me at Twitter and at Facebook at Ruben Navarrete or on my website at rubennavarete.com.
0: Okay, at Navarete. two R's two T's.
1: Navarete.
0: two R's two T's. That's it. Two R's and two T's. Yep, two R's, two T's. So Ruben Navarrete. Okay, so That's if right. everyone wants to complain to you, uh, they know where to find you, and if they want they to do. give you so many compliments. And by the way, your AOC article, so many compliments. Um, I heard a lot. Yeah, I'm glad so, they liked it. Yeah, right. actually, a lot of Fox viewers, a lot of great feedback on the AOC article, and it was just exactly as you said. That um, very interesting. That yeah, she's new, and we're not watching the other new guys. So. The perspective was really appreciated. So right, I
1: appreciate that. Thank yeah, you, Kathy.
0: thank you for keep giving us that perspective, and you're not allowed to stop.
1: Okay, I appreciate that.
0: Okay, bye. I'll miss you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Adios, Adios. bye, bye. Funny dude, right? That was awesome. Uh, always love talking to uh, journalists who have been there, done that, and seen so much. Ruben is just, he's just the real deal. Okay, if you want to read his uh, AOC article in Catalina Magazine, um, you can go to liberalsherpa.com and pick up a copy there, or you can go to Press Reader and um, get a digital copy. So, liberalsherpa.com. Or um, Press Reader. So you can go digital or print. It's up to you. We are multimedia. Um, So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you want to find me, ask any questions, uh, go to my Twitter account. It's at Aru Kathy. And uh, you can ask me questions for uh, our next podcast, which will probably be about my open letter to Nancy Pelosi. That's um, made some waves. Um, We're going to talk about impeachment and how I think the whole thing's just a bad idea. And yep, that's coming from a liberal. So, uh, okay. Bye.